0: Hey everybody, how's it going? Dr. Tim Augustiniak here at the Freedom to Flourish podcast. I'm here with my good friend, Dr. Joel Miller. Today, the episode, we're going to be talking about hormone imbalances. And we're going to touch on all different kinds of hormones. We're going to talk about sex hormones. We're going to talk about stress hormones, uh, different hormones that help with blood sugar dysregulation, uh, as well as just talk about an overview of what hormones are specifically. So plenty of things that we're going to cover uh, we're going to talk about the purpose of hormones, what exactly they do. We're going to talk about how the brain essentially tells the body what to do through hormones, through something called the endocrine system. I'm um, going to touch a little bit on some thyroid hormones and then get into some common issues with uh, sex hormones, both from the, the female side as well as the male side and what sorts of signs and symptoms you might be experiencing, what drives those symptoms and issues uh, and then how can you start to fix those issues. So first things first, Dr. Joel, how are things going?
1: <laughs> awesome. Things are going great. Uh, the weather's warming up here in Texas a little bit. Uh, we had a, a cold front there for a bit, and I, I think you guys probably got it there too in Arkansas, but um, it's been good. It's been really good. Um, practice is going well. Um, seeing lots of lots of different uh, things here in the office and um, just having a blast, man, trying to trying to be life-giving and, and trying to change lives. So it's been, it's been good. Hey, I'm excited to, to get into this one today. I know so many people have hormone imbalance issues. And, you know, I think hormones at large are something that uh, people can generally resonate with or, or have uh, some kind of an idea as to kind of what's going on there because I think uh, most people tie their kind of overall feelings with like just overall how they're feeling They tie that in with their hormones which you know we're going to get into things a little bit deeper than that of course Um, but you know for a lot of people to the average listener that's that's kind of that's kind of the case when they think of how they're feeling whether it's their mood their energy all those things um, i think are just kind of our country's kind of just been trained to think about hormones and and what that um, might entail so um, i think the challenge is a lot of people their understanding of hormones doesn't go much deeper than that so obviously that's what we're going to get into today and i think it's going to be really good i'm i'm probably most excited to be honest to talk about yes the overview with the hormones and just kind of explaining like uh, a little bit deeper of what's going on with hormones what they are what they do all these different things um, and getting into that but i'm probably more excited about talking about the thyroid issues some thyroid issues people can have talking about the female sex hormone imbalances and male hormone imbalances like low testosterone things like that. And then, of course, we can always talk more about cortisol and cortisol issues. So um, I'm excited to get into all that. So, um, I, you know, I think the first thing here <clears throat> as we jump in um, really should be just talking about how people view hormones and really kind of from um, just a deeper level, what what are hormones and kind of their purpose and and if we can understand that, I think it gives us a lot of insights into understanding more about the body and how it was designed and how it was um, kind of created to function. So, Dr. Tim, w- why don't you jump us into kind of hormones in general and, and kind of what they are and maybe maybe touch a little bit about, you know, how you, you've kind of seen people talk about them versus, you know, how we like to think about them as, um, you know, doctors that we're, we're working with these kinds of things all the time.
0: Hormones are... Uh, what make up essentially uh, what is our our endocrine system. So we have a lot of different uh, organs that are involved with our endocrine system. And the way that our endocrine system communicates with all these organs is hormones. And so essentially hormones are like messenger pigeons where your body lets them free. And then whatever receptors they fall on, they will receive that if they have the proper key to open it um and then they will do whatever downstream effects they're being told to do from that hormone. Uh so each hormone has these these little offshoots from it that will attach to other offshoots from target cells. And so think of it like a key in a lock where if if you have the proper key for that lock, it will open. Um and that's what it takes for hormones to function. They need to be able to attach to target cells and uh the cells need to be able to read what's going on with that hormone. Um, And so it senses that hormone and does what it's telling it to do. Um, There's a lot of different endocrine organs. Uh, The main one it's in your brain. So everything starts with your hypothalamus in your brain, which responds to essentially the environment and then tells the pituitary gland what to do. The pituitary is essentially the orchestrator of the orchestra where it will release a bunch of different hormones that, most of them are essentially stimulatory hormones for other downstream organs. So it secretes things like melanocyte-stimulating hormone, which is not really a popular one, but it's what allows for more pigment in our skin. Uh, it secretes TSH, which is thyroid-stimulating hormone, which stimulates the thyroid to, t- to start producing thyroid hormone to increase uh, metabolic function. It secretes things like luteinizing hormone, Uh, follicle-stimulating hormone, and those are what allow the sex organs to uh, start to produce hormones there, the testosterone, estrogen, all those things, Uh, progesterone, all that. Um, There's other hormones uh, like adrenocorticotropic uh, hormone, where it tells the adrenal glands, we're going to start producing some corticosteroids, where it's the things like uh, stress hormones, cortisol, um, epinephrine, norepinephrine. Uh, that makes us feel stressed there's things like growth hormone there's other hormones like oxytocin or vasopressin which is also known as antidiuretic hormone all sorts of things start at the pituitary gland and tell organs downstream hey do what i'm telling you to do and so it really is uh the conductor of the orchestra so we could today get into all sorts of things like that that's not really the goal. The goal for today is let's do a, a pretty broad overview of, of different things as well as how people view hormones. Um, and then from there, kind of talk about some signs and symptoms you may be experiencing and then getting into how you can start to fix things at home. So uh, the main ones that we're going to kind of touch on are, are the stress hormones, thyroid hormones, and uh, female and male sex hormones. So um, anyway, so most people, when they think of hormones, they think of Oh, they're thinking they're hormonal. You know, women will think about it like their cycle. Or men, they'll think about it like, you know, adolescent boys start getting all uh, aggressive and uh, hormonal during puberty. You know, they always think of sex hormones. That is the that is the go-to. But they don't think of all these other underlying functions that go along with it. So um, hormones are much more than just sex hormones. There's the stress hormones, thyroid hormones, all those things. Um, but... With it, the, the overarching pathway that we're going to be focusing on today is our steroid hormone pathway. And most of the time when people hear the word steroid, they think of steroids like body. Steroid steroids.
1: Or steroid shots, right?
0: Yes, exactly. Like your, your steroid shots or um, or like artificial, you know, testosterone replacement therapy and everything. But uh, the steroid hormones themselves, they are essentially hormones that are made from cholesterol. So there's hormones that, yes, there's sex hormones made from it, um, but there's other hormones like aldosterone, cortisol, uh, DHEA, uh, androsinodione, and then your estrogens and testosterone. So everything kind of comes from that. Oh, progesterone. There's another popular one that people mm-hmm. want. um So all of those will originate from cholesterol, and we're going to kind of get into today. Essentially, every single piece, or maybe not every single piece, but most of the important parts of that pathway, and how uh, your lifestyle and stress levels, or even insulin levels from having too much sugar in circulation, uh, will contribute to certain uh, skewing of this pathway, where will where resources will uh, prioritize certain pathways through this overall steroid hormone pathway because of things like cortisol or excess insulin. So plenty of things to uncover today. Um, I think that's a good, good place to kind of hand it back off. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> kind of covered uh, hormones, their chemical uh, messengers, all those things. And overall purpose is to essentially allow your body to function properly. So sex hormones are going to provide you with, energy um but also the ability to reproduce effectively um mature effectively and and grow and and be sexually mature um uh, they're going to yeah they're going to do all those things and uh there's let's see what else we got here they're gonna maintain proper blood sugar i'm sorry yeah block proper blood sugar as well as blood pressure um they're gonna allow for decreased pain uh, there's all kinds of things that, that hormones can do. Um, and it's just a matter of, you know, which, which system are we really getting into today? And the, uh, for today, it's going to be more so energy related and more so, uh, like sexual health related where sex drive is going to be a topic we talk about, um, proper menstrual cycles, all those things. So, um, plenty of things we can get, get to do there, but we're going to keep it kind of keep the bumpers on things today to try to keep it pretty, pretty quick.
1: Sweet, sweet. Uh, Dr. Tim, I love how you shared about the, um, I mean, all of that was wonderful. Um, but I love how you shared about the, uh, purpose of hormones and the body just trying to maintain homeostasis. you you know, I think a lot of times when we look at hormones, uh, we can fall into this trap of thinking about how the body is just, going awry. It's not functioning properly, all these things. And I think that's the common view with our, our standard traditional healthcare. Um, but I think ultimately if hormones are off, we have to look at the underlying issues as to why hormones are off and really track that down and and figure out kind of what's going on there. And so I think as, uh, for the listeners, we walk through all the different, um, just different hormone issues, different conditions here through this podcast, uh, it's important to just always understand and, and try to remember, okay, what, you know, if one of these hormones is off, what what's causing it to do that? Why is the body adapting in that way and functioning in that way um, and, and that kind of thing? So uh, without further ado, let's jump into thyroid. Now, we did a full podcast on functional hypothyroidism in which I would encourage you guys to go back and listen to that if you suspect you might have some thyroid issues going on, but we'll kind of briefly uh, cover some thyroid stuff here. Uh, you know, in that, in that podcast, we went through, I think it was Dr. Tim that went through all the just the physiology with the thyroid and starting with TSH from the pituitary going down to the thyroid, um, the thyroid creating T4, T3. And then we talked about the importance of T4 needing to be converted to T3 in the liver, which is about 60% of where that happens. And then also in the gut, kidneys and and other tissues. Um, For now, let's kind of Um, I think just kind of give like a a brief synopsis, Dr. Tim, so we can kind of jump into some of the other hormonal imbalance conditions that I think are going to be a little bit more uh, worthwhile for our time today. Um, So with the thyroid, generally people are going to have low thyroid issues. We'll talk about uh, high thyroid in a second, but low thyroid, you're going to generally be struggling with weight gain, fatigue. Uh, You're generally going to be having some kind of hair thinning or hair falling out, um, brain fog. Uh, Sometimes the outside third of your eyebrows can start thinning as well. And then um, dry skin is also another common sign of low thyroid stuff. Um, All of these different things, um, you know, when it comes to the thyroid, it's going to be really important to run a full thyroid panel. Now, Dr. Tim and I, we do um, some amazing things in our clinics as far as our uh, approaches and techniques and things like that to where we're able to get to the bottom of things and figure out kind of what's going on with different conditions. Um, But the thyroid is generally one where we will like to see some blood labs on that just to see where that's at. Now, remember, most people are going to run just TSH. Uh, Most doctors are going to run just TSH, and that is like... Fifteen to twenty percent of the equation. There's so there's about eight to, to nine other thyroid markers that are going to be really good to check to get the full picture of thyroid health. Um, so uh, I think that's kind of the the general kind of overview I wanted to mention with with the thyroid. Um, that, that full panel is going to be really important, and then obviously figuring out what's impacting the thyroid, what's slowing it down. Um, that's also going to be huge. Uh, You know, whenever I have a patient that has a weight gain issue or a metabolism issue, it always goes back to the thyroid. And so we have to figure out, okay, do they have insulin that's stressing the thyroid? Do they have high cortisol? Do they have estrogen dominance, which we're actually going to get into all three of those today in a little bit more depth, which is going to be good. Um, And then, of course, I think I mentioned this in our our functional hypothyroidism uh, episode, but a lot of times I'll see different gut dysbiosis, different gut infections that are essentially um, kind of slowing down the thyroid and suppressing the thyroid function a little bit. So um, all of those things are are really important to consider when when thinking about thyroid health. Um, uh, The other thing that I'll kind of mention on that, Dr. Tim, I'll I'll hand it to you and, and, you know, um, and then we can kind of keep moving forward as well. Um, is with the thyroid, there's generally going to be a few nutrients that can be really supportive for thyroid. Um, iodine, obviously, is, is one that's um, very commonly mentioned, if you just do a little bit of research there. Um, I will mention with iodine, if you have uh, some form of Hashimoto's, which you would check on the lab work, um, then iodine is usually going to make that worse. It's usually, you know, by taking iodine, you'll usually feel just more tension and inflammation and all those things. Um and then uh zinc and selenium are also huge, huge things to support thyroid function, as well as protein. Uh, we talk about that a lot. Protein and having a balanced blood sugar is also huge. Um Dr. Tim, anything else that you want to add to the thyroid story here today?
0: No, I think you covered it pretty good. Um yeah. if anybody's if anybody's listening and wants to know more about the thyroid, I heavily encourage that you hop on our uh thyroid uh podcast. Um, just because there's, we're, we're trying to keep it within a certain time frame today, and uh, all the information is there. We definitely get more in depth and more informative on there.
1: For sure, for sure. All right, so Doctor Tim, let's jump into the the fun stuff today. This is what people came here for. So let's jump into the female sex hormone imbalances. Um, we're gonna let's talk about some of the different conditions that we see, different conditions women struggle with. Let's talk about the root of the issue, which we'll talk about estrogen dominance how to go about addressing that. And of course, we can get into some of the different lab testing as well. Um, uh, before I I want to hand it off to you, Dr. Tim, and just kind of let you walk through things first. And then, you know, and then I want to jump in and, and tune in as well. Um, but to the listener, if you go online, there's uh, there's a steroid hormone pathway chart that can be really good to look at and even follow along as we kind of talk through these things. If you just go online and search up Dutch... Uh, That's D-U-T-C-H, Dutch Steroid Pathways. If you look that up, there should be a PDF. Uh, I think the one that I'm seeing here is from 2020. Um, But you click on that, it's going to show you the whole picture of how hormones start with cholesterol and essentially become progesterone and testosterone and cortisol and all these different things. And sometimes by kind of seeing this picture, you can uh, get a little bit better idea of uh, essentially why different cortisol issues will result in infertility or cortisol issues will result in low testosterone and and that kind of thing. So we'll get into all that, but wanted to mention that, uh, at the front here. So Dr. Tim, um, I'll just kind of hand it off to you. You know, let's talk about female sex hormones. What are the, uh, what kind of things would you like to share with our listeners there?
0: Yeah. So when it comes to female sex hormones, uh, most people just think of, uh, estrogen as well as, uh, progesterone, but, in both men and women, there's a balance of estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, um, THEA, all that stuff, and so uh, the question is based off of whatever symptoms somebody may be experiencing. We have to be able to kind of think uh, as a whole what what's driving symptoms. So uh, I'll say this with absolute confidence: the overall or overarching theme of hormone issues in my office is. Uh, at least with women, is estrogen-dominant symptoms. Hmm. So most women tend to be more estrogen-dominant. Uh, and there's a few reasons for why either labs would back that up or why they wouldn't. Um, so there's this there's this process uh, where if, if you're at home looking at this chart, so starts with cholesterol, then cholesterol goes to pregnenolone, and then it goes to progesterone. Well, progesterone then can go to essentially everything else from there. And so progesterone, you can never get back backed up with progesterone. It's very rare that somebody has an issue with progesterone itself uh, being too high, at least. It could be low. Um, but anyway, so cortisol, one of our uh, more chronic stress hormones that's released when there's chronic low blood sugar is made from progesterone. Um, aldosterone is made from progesterone. And then all of your sex hormones downstream uh, are, are downstream from progesterone. So, um, progesterone is, is something that it can make everything. Uh, one of the things that is going to drive issues is the affinity for this pathway to move towards cholesterol when there's a chronic stress issue. So, the way that I, I make sense of this logically with patients is think of your body uh, as, as it would, if, as it would act, if it's in like a, uh, like a famine or at war, your body's not really concerned with survi- or I'm sorry, with, uh, proper ability to reproduce. It's not concerned with your mood. It's not concerned with these longer term survival bodily functions. It's concerned with survival right now. And so if you are getting chased by a bear your body's not going to be worried about producing enough testosterone or uh, aldosterone or progesterone or estrogens. It's going to be worried about producing enough stress hormones to help you survive. And so when you're not eating enough, or if you have some serious stress going on at work or um, you're seriously injured, things like that, it's going to drive all of these precursors from progesterone to cortisol over all other hormones. And that's where people you know, they'll, let's say I have low energy. So I went to my primary primary care. They were in a hormone panel and oh, they say, I've got low testosterone and low estrogens. So they put me on, put me on testosterone and estrogen and progesterone lozenges and just all this stuff, but energy doesn't come back. And so, and, and the hormones don't really want to budge, but then they start getting acne, um, more estrogen dominant symptoms, or even in women, like darker hair, things like that, where it's more of a testosterone type symptom. Um, and none of these, none of these symptoms really start to resolve. Uh, the issue is, is rooted in the stress component. And so um, with the estrogen dominant symptoms, more often than not, what the issue is, um, is yes, there's, there, there may be a lot of estrogens in circulation that, that would make sense uh, oftentimes. And then it's, the stress is just bogging down the liver to not be able to detoxify it, but then there's also the side of it where even if you're not producing that many estrogens to be able to function normally, uh, it's a matter of think of think of hormones like a like a sink. Uh, you have your your faucet, and then you have your drain. And so, even if your faucet is dripping very 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 gradually with estrogens, if the drain is 100% clogged it's going to overflow at some point and you're going to get symptoms of estrogen dominance, even though you're not producing that much est- estrogen. Um, and I've seen that very often where um, women struggle to even produce enough estrogen, but at the same time they're having estrogen dominant symptoms. So it's kind of this catch 22 of like, okay, there's not enough, but why, why am I not detoxifying it? And that's the, uh, that's the stress component. So um, long-term stress is going to drain resources of the three pathways in the liver to help detoxify hormones. So the three pathways, they are um, glucuronidation using glucuronic acid, sulfation using cysteine, and then glutathione conjugation using glutathione. Um, Chronic stress is going to drain glucuronic acid. It's going to drain magnesium, zinc, all those things necessary to help detoxify through these pathways. Um, And it's also going to drain B6, which is necessary for both uh, the glucuronidation, I'm sorry, the sulfation, as well as the glutathione conjugation. So if you're chronically stressed, it's going to drain all those resources, um, and lead you to have symptoms of things like estrogen dominance, which would be longer periods, heavier periods, um, acne, uh, PMS, cramping, all those things. And even long-term, it can lead to things like endometri- endometriosis or even, uh, estrogen dependent cancers. Um, that's a point that I wanted to make was. Um, progesterone so there's no progesterone dominant cancers um Mm. because progesterone can just go into everything else estrogen once you get to estrogen um there's no there's no double-sided arrow so if you're following at home at this pathway there's a bunch of one-way arrows um as well as some some double-sided arrows and estrogens once you get to estrogens you're stuck there and you need to detoxify them through the liver and so if Mm -hmm. you can't and there's too much there are cancers that will feed off of that so um just another reason to kind of get on top of this issue before it becomes a real big problem um but the overarching theme stress leading to uh clogging of these funnels in the liver to clear all this stuff out and then symptoms of estrogen dominance in the presence of a lot of estrogen or in the presence of little estrogen just the inability to detox um there was another point I wanted to add, I think. Um, oh, with the chronic stress leading to this, there's also the flip side where chronic use of birth control, things like that, that are very, very heavy on estrogens are going to deplete resources for this as well. And that's why very long-term use of um, birth controls can lead to things like acne or uh, endometriosis, other estrogen dominant type symptoms because the it, it might take you know added stress or some sort of triggering event that'll happen at the snap of a finger, but there's usually a point where at some point you're going to fall off the cliff of experiencing these symptoms because at some point the resources to detoxify are going to run out. And I feel like that's why most people are like, oh, when I hit my 30s I I finally started having issues. And why when I turn 30? I don't think it's the number, I just think it's the <laughs> Once you get to you know full blown adult things with kids and family and job and you know so the stress of life, um, you start to run out of these resources because you you aren't eating enough or consuming enough B vitamins and you know glucuronic acid and all these things that are helping detoxify these things. But at the same time, you're also driving the stress hormones and increased sex hormones and all that stuff. So um, it's it's a balance of let's let's quit driving stress hormones so much, but then also let's help detoxify. So let's supplement with zinc, magnesium, uh, vitamin B6, glucuronic acid with artichoke, um, and really help get on top of these things. So then that way we can clear things out, um, by unclogging the drain, but at the same time, let's turn the faucet off or to a normal level where the drain can handle it. Um, so that's, that's the overarching theme is all that stuff. So I think that does a pretty decent job of summing all that up um let's see talked about yeah all that stuff uh estrogen dominant stuff could be things like hot flashes all that um menopause will happen when you quit producing estrogens through your ovaries um and then the only thing in your body that's producing um estrogens is is your fat cells actually um this happens later on in life after after the you essentially are unable to become pregnant um and, uh, with menopause, you can actually experience hot flashes as well. And it's just a decreased ability for your body to detoxify estrogens. So kind of mm-hmm. goes in with what, with, with what I was just saying. Um, other than that, I think that kind of wraps up female, female hormones pretty well. Um, anything that you think I should add there, Dr. Joel?
1: Yeah, I'll just piggyback off that. Uh, a couple of things there. That was, that was incredible and, and extremely, extremely helpful. Um, I think if the, average listener can grasp just the the different things that you'd mentioned the different concepts of the importance of estrogen and progesterone all those things and understanding how cortisol plays a role with things i think i think people will be massively massively uh blessed through that um a couple of things to add to that uh for the listener uh what he's talking about we refer to that as the cortisol shunt so essentially when your body takes your progesterone and turns it into cortisol for the sake of You know essentially survival which is what the body feels like is going on Um, we call it the cortisol shunt uh, where progesterone gets shunted into cortisol and um, this is essentially one of the biggest issues as well with uh, some of the low testosterone stuff too for men which we'll get into in a second um, but that cortisol shunt is going to impact so many things. We've, we've talked about cortisol a lot. I'll just put a plug in real quick with cortisol, and, and you know it's, and it's important in understanding that high cortisol issues, yes, it can come from poor nutrition. Yes, it can come from stress with work or relationships, but it can also come from um, just other areas of uh, inflammation and imbalance with your health. So if you have a huge insulin resistance issue, then that can increase inflammation. If you have a histamine intolerance issue, that can increase inflammation. Of course, a lot of this goes back to nutrition and infections and toxicities as the root underlying issues. But um, all of those things can kind of increase cortisol, and then cortisol and kind of this vicious cycle can increase these other imbalances. So something to keep in mind there. Um, One thing I talk a lot about with patients, Dr. Tim, is... Uh, you know, when we talk about this low progesterone issue that um, that contributes to the estrogen dominance problem, um, yes, we have the cortisol shunt. A lot of times, though, we can also have different deficiencies or anemic issues that prevent the body from being able to make progesterone. So um, Dr. Tim mentioned this subtly, but remember, cholesterol is the, the basis of all of our steroid and sex hormones. So you need to have healthy levels of cholesterol. I know a lot of doctors will mention that you want your cholesterol to be as low as possible. That's that's going to really, really mess with your hormones. So you need to have good cholesterol, which means you need to be eating healthy fats like grass-fed butter, coconut oil, grass-fed beef, um, fish, olive oil, avocados, things like that. Um, now, when it comes to turning cholesterol into progesterone— um, you need to have good oxygenation of your cells, which means if you have an iron deficiency, um, then you could result in kind of an anemic issue there. Uh, If you have a B6 deficiency or methylfolate, all of those things can result in your cells not being able to carry oxygen sufficiently. Therefore, your body's not gonna be able to make progesterone. Uh, Another common one I see, um, you know, B2 and B3 are really helpful in making progesterone. A lot of women have gut imbalances, gut infections, that whether it's fungal or bacterial that feed on the b2 cause a b2 deficiency and now they can't make progesterone so sometimes the gut health can be really really important there so just a couple things to mention with the progesterone um you you did great you nailed it on um overall just estrogen detox and, and all those different things so uh let's jump into um let's jump into talking about the male uh sex hormone imbalances and and male hormonal issues i think the the biggest one that i see and i I think it's probably similar for yourself is the the low testosterone issues and um dr tim when when i'm addressing this with patients there's a couple things i look at number one is do they have the resources that they need in their body to make testosterone right so we're talking about enough protein we're talking about enough saturated fatty acids Um, we're talking about zinc and selenium and B3 and and things like that. Um, But then we're talking about cortisol and how if you have high cortisol issues, that's going to essentially um, take the different precursors that will make testosterone and it will um, turn those into cortisol and kind of with the same kind of cortisol shunt idea there. Um, But of course, cortisol in general is going to just suppress all 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 of those hormonal functions and and balancing there so cortisol can be a huge issue the nutrient deficiencies can be a huge issue um and that is kind of just the iceberg right because we we figure out where the what nutrient deficiencies are there then we have to figure out okay where are they coming from and that's again where it gets into infections and toxicities and all those different things um, uh, one of the things that I also share with with guys that have a lot of low testosterone issues is the importance of insulin. So there's an there's a enzyme called aromatase. This enzyme will turn men, it'll turn your testosterone into estrogen, uh, which is kind of a nasty thing because not only will it lower your testosterone, it will also uh, increase your estrogen. So not only will it make you less of a man, it'll make you more like a woman. Uh, which is just a a bad deal and all around. Um, So what stimulates aromatase? The biggest thing is going to be insulin. So if you're eating too many carbohydrates, if you're eating, uh, if you're not eating enough protein, uh, if you're not moving enough, that's going to increase overall insulin and insulin resistance. And it's going to just result in more of this conversion of testosterone to uh to estrogen Uh, there's other things that can increase insulin as well inflammation is a big one again that's kind of that's kind of vague because uh, inflammation can come from a lot of places Um, but you know if you have any kind of chronic pain uh, if you have any kind of chronic fatigue all these different things are signs and symptoms that you may have some kind of chronic inflammation issue it could be impacting your insulin and aromatase activity Um, Lab testing is something that we we should talk about a little bit as well, Dr. Tim. Um, for the female hormones, um, I know that I, I personally don't like to—don't love to do blood tests with that simply because that's just one little screenshot in time, and, you know, it can be hard to really get a good picture of things. Um, I'm usually recommending, uh, of course, our, our testing, our muscle testing in our appointments, but Um, as far as lab tests goes, I'm usually recommending the Dutch test, the Dutch hormonal panel, uh, which can be just great at giving you just a huge picture of all the different hormones. Um, and then for men, um, for men generally the, the best hormonal test for checking testosterone is going to be a saliva test. Um, and so, uh, I've done blood tests for guys before, and that I think is, uh, fairly accurate with things, but generally the saliva is, is a bit more, um, Exciting for me there, so um, so that's that's kind of what I wanted to mention though as far as a lot of the testosterone stuff goes uh, for men and and so forth. Um, Doctor Tim, anything to add to that? I, I also I also think it's important that we mention DHT, dihydrotestosterone, its importance with balding for men, and just some of the things that we can do to kind of suppress that, slow that down, and and reverse that process there
0: yeah so dht is so let's let's back it up to how you said insulin will upregulate aromatase to convert testosterone to to estrogens um high amounts of insulin will also convert testosterone to to dht so um you'll kind of have a double whammy there where your active testosterone turns to estrogen but then also it turns to dht and so you get this double whammy of okay you just don't have any good testosterone that's what <laughs> Low sex drive comes in. DHT is your male pattern baldness, your your acne, um, all those things that kind of kind of align there Um, with the excess insulin estrogen dominance. uh, I'm sorry, just the excess estrogens uh, following insulin um, in men. One one thing to note as well is um, kind of how to point this out. And so, yes, low sex drive, but is it really an estrogen thing? You know, that's that's kind of one of the things where low sex drive can just arise from not enough of anything. You might not necessarily have high insulin, could just be a cortisol issue. But there are some signs and symptoms that I think are important to mention. And that would be things like the, the Android obesity, where, you know, you, essentially the beer gut type of obesity um, that, that men can start to develop or gynecomastia, which is essentially just doctor talk for man boobs at a, you know, more understandable level for our uh, listeners, um, where those things can develop over time. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it feels funny to mention that, you know, in what's supposed to be a professional podcast. Um, but it is a very real thing that, that can happen. And so, um, a lot of this this is something that can even happen with bodybuilders so if they are just pumping themselves full of testosterone they need to take things like aromatase inhibitors because it will just push everything to estrogens to clear it out of there Um, and if there's too much estrogen they can develop gynecomastia as well and so it's very very common to take aromatase inhibitors in that at least fitness scene as well um so just wanted to add that point uh just to kind of like bring things full picture with insulin um as far as it goes for women as well that's not really something i mentioned as much where um with men it will cause more estrogen with women uh insulin will cause more testosterone <laughs> and that's where uh it's kind of weird that one goes one way and one goes the other but mm-hmm. that's how it is um in women if you have more testosterone um due to excess insulin that's where things like pcos uh, can start to develop where you get the polycystic ovarian syndrome, where you can get um, pretty severe cramping in your ovaries. Um, and you can actually have where like the cysts will burst and sometimes they'll they'll have um, like medical doctors will recommend taking the ovaries out because of that. Um, so just another reason to not cause a lot of insulin production as a woman, uh, just because if you, if you want to be able to have kids and everything, PCOS is something that can severely inhibit your ability to get pregnant. Um, and it's not necessarily, I think, the PCOS itself. It's more so what drives it. And it's the excess insulin messing with your hormones. So um, for both men and women, like women, if you want to get pregnant and you don't want PCOS or any sort of issue like that, um, don't drive a lot of insulin in men. If you want to have sex drive and no gynecomastia don't drive too much insulin. So, um, I would highly recommend tuning into our, um, our first podcast actually to really dig into how to, how to really nail down all that stuff with, with the diet and how to mitigate hormone dependence to regulate blood sugar. Um, cause at, at its root, that's, that's kind of what these things are for the most part. Yes, there's the inflammatory side of things, but it's never, it's never just one thing, you know? So you need to, you need to kind of go about it through the diet as well. Um, if you're really bombarding the system with all sorts of things, um, by not eating properly, and so you got lots of insulin, lots of, lots of cortisol, um, it's going to make the inflammation that much worse and that much more prominent and vice versa, where you got lots of inflammation, it's going to cause this stuff to get worse. So you got to really hit it from, from all different angles. Um, so anyway, that's, that's all I would add there. Um, let's see, what else are we, Cool, cool. what else? I are mean, we look at the cover before we finish up
1: here. Yes. Yeah. We definitely we got to wrap up here soon. Uh, we're coming close here on time. Uh, one thing I wanted to address, uh, is TRT. A lot of men come in and ask about, um, Hey, what do you think about, um, testosterone replacement therapy, TRT and, and, and all those things. Uh, my short answer is I'm not a fan. My response is healthy people are, Balance with their hormones. Healthy people make healthy hormones. And if you have low testosterone issues, by giving synthetic testosterone to the body, you're you're not actually addressing those issues. You're just putting just a massive bandaid on it. Will you feel better? Yeah, you'll feel better. Um, are there benefits for getting jacked and just getting huge? Yeah, absolutely. Um, can you do that naturally? I, I would argue you can for the most part. Um, but I would also argue you're going to have a lot of different issues side effects with TRT. Um, I think from what I've seen working with guys that are on TRT is usually they start to develop a lot of different issues with their liver and overall being able to detox things. Well, um, they'll develop issues with their immune system. Um, I've seen some guys develop issues with their TMJ and and develop some issues there, or even their TMJ issues getting worse. Um, and then I've seen even gut issues kind of develop from a lot of these things. So, um, you know, I think, it, it, again, going back to understanding that your body does everything for a purpose. So if your body has low testosterone and you send a ton of testosterone into your system, your body is is not it's not going to do well with that necessarily. And so then you're going to have to, like you mentioned, take the aromatase inhibitors so that you don't turn the testosterone into estrogen and, and all these things. It just ends up being a nightmare with things. Um, another thing I'll mention for guys is uh, stop drinking the energy drinks. There, There is... So, so much nutrition in in good food like grass-fed beef, raw honey, raw milk, um, good quality sea salt, things like that. There's so many good nutrients in those things that if you can – can have that diligently through your nutrition. You're you're not going to need the energy drinks, um, and plus there's so many different just chemicals and all kinds of things in the in the in the energy drink. So, just wanted to put a quick plug with that. Um, uh, the only other thing that I, I would like to mention is overall, I, I kind of love to do this at the end of every episode, Doctor Tim. But like, let's just share as we wrap up here, our favorite kind of tools or keys or tips for just having healthy, balanced hormones. Um, I'll kind of go first here and then I'll pass it off to you. I would say number one is you've got to get your nutrition right. And so what that looks like that we talk about all the time, Dr. Tim agrees with this is, uh, we're going to be eating whole foods. We're going to focus on three meals a day, uh, generally four to five hours in between with no snacking. Um, and, uh, we're going to focus on prioritizing protein, uh, for, um, women and and men you want to generally aim for at least 100 grams of protein a day Um, and then of course you want to have good fats and and the carb topic it kind of differs depending on what's going on but you generally want to have good fats and some carbs as well but definitely focusing on the protein overall so good nutrition you want to get movement movement is going to improve circulation lymphatic flow it's going to make you feel good it's going to help with so many things so movement is going to be important um and then um sleep and and handling cortisol and handling stress that's going to be the biggest the biggest things i think with with hormones Um, dr tim anything else that you would kind of add to that what else you like to share with patients for just big picture handling and balancing hormones
0: um that's you know you took the big one that's for sure that's definitely my (laughs) top one is uh fix the blood sugar um Lots of, lots of animal fats, animal proteins. Um, a lot of people automatically say, oh, yeah, I'm going to go with avocados and all this other stuff. And it's, yeah, okay, it might be a plant-based one, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's better for your body. Um, yeah. So definitely lots of animal proteins and fats, like you said. Um, one thing that I want to emphasize to people is um, just because you're, you're having issues with your hormones does not mean that you're never going to get resolution. So mm-hmm. a lot of people get really fed up because just things are not working. Really try to nail the diet. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that you, you may need to work through along the way to, to fix this issue over time, where maybe some adaptogenic herbs to help with the, the, the cortisol stuff. Maybe, some, uh, maybe, maybe if your issues excess insulin, intermittent fasting for a little, t- a little while to increase insulin sensitivity, Um, there's, there's different strategies for each person and every single symptom to kind of reverse this stuff. But the overall advice is, um, just keep at it, you know, keep at it with the diet, keep at it with, you know, staying in contact and, and coming in to see whoever, you know, is overseeing your, your health, because this is something you can fix. I've seen, I've seen a handful of people, um, not even over that long a period of time, just recently in my office that they have gone through hormone replacement and their livers are shot. Um, They're struggling to deal with all the downstream consequences. Um, And to kind of add to your caffeine component, let's let's reflect back on the the three different funnels I was talking about, your glucuronidation, glutathione conjugation, and sulfation glutathione and sulfation both require vitamin b6 in its activated form of pyridoxal 5-phosphate or p5p caffeine will just drive that into the ground you're just going to utilize all that stuff and so Mm -hmm. um, for the biochem it's not just oh it's going to drive your adrenals yes caffeine is going to drive your adrenals through the roof uh, and drive the stress hormone stuff. That's going to drive these to be issues in the first place, but it's also going to inhibit your liver's ability to detoxify essentially any hormone, any caffeine, any of that stuff. And so, um, you know, guys, if you're struggling with low testosterone and you're going to the gym and you know, you're just slugging back some, you know, total war pre-workout, um, beforehand, if you, if you need to do that, something is not right. Fix your diet, eliminate the caffeine, uh take some B6 um and ease into it it can cause some issues uh it doesn't have much but um just be be wary um and then if you do notice that you get a little like foggy brain fog anything like that uh trouble focusing things like that talk to somebody um shoot us an email whatever you got to do so we can kind of help you work through that um because that can be an issue but um i think i think that's it nail your diet get good movement exercise eat Eat whole foods, Mm -hmm. lots of animal proteins, fats, all those things, and uh, get off the replacement. Women get off the birth control, men get off the TRT. um, And uh, yeah, really fortify those pathways. Take some artichoke, uh, take some B6, take some magnesium, zinc, all those things to really help your liver do its thing. Um, If you really, honestly, if you really want to nail down and just totally uh, cover all of your bases for liver detoxification, take some NAC. Take some artichoke and take some liposomal glutathione you take all three of those things at the same time you are handling all three of those pathways and you should do pretty good um, but that's the drain let's turn the faucet down as well and that's where handling the diet uh, is, is important as well so that's yeah. it that's awesome
1: it. Up. awesome that's great yeah uh, turning down that faucet is huge um, on top of those things obviously addressing the underlying infections toxicities chronic issues that people have had for a long time is huge with balancing all these things out guys thanks for tuning in this is dr joel miller here with dr tim augustiniak as always uh you know you can find us online our different social medias all that fun stuff um and uh for those that are listening from afar i'm located here in dallas texas dr tim is located in bentonville arkansas and uh feel free to reach out if you have any questions um anything going on with your health uh, if you'd like to make an appointment reach out to us of course and um if you have any comments uh, from anything you've heard today we love to hear them so uh without further ado dr tim i'll let you i'll let you sign us off here
0: all right thanks everybody for listening um my website if you're looking for my contact info is draugustiniac.com and then dr joel yours is dr joel miller correct
1: yep dot com yep
0: dr Um all of our stuff is there all the links so don't hesitate to reach out. We, we like different topic suggestions and, and all the stuff. Um, but anyway, thanks everybody for listening. Um, definitely tune into other episodes that kind of bring this full picture. We didn't really touch too much on the thyroid or blood sugar stuff and how to correct it. Uh, just cause there's other episodes to listen to with that. So uh, thanks for listening. Uh, stay tuned for next week, next week's episode when we're going to talk about Lyme and other yep. tick illness. So yep. uh, it'll be a really, really good one. And uh, we're going to have some, some good stuff prepared for that. So anyway, thanks for listening. Um, we'll see everybody next week.
1: See ya. Peace.